Welcome into another edition of Fighting Irish Wired, part of the FightingIrishWire.com podcast. I'm Nick Shepkowski alongside Jeff Fair, ready to talk some Notre Dame football with you. This offseason, as a highly anticipated 2023, gets that much more anticipated, not just because of the schedule, not just because of the talent coming into Notre Dame, but oh yeah, one of the most accomplished quarterbacks in NCAA history hits the transfer portal and just happens to choose the University of Notre Dame for his sixth and final year of collegiate football. We're talking about Sam Hartman and what it means for Notre Dame football headed into the 2023 season, what it means for an offense that now all of a sudden gets a, a legit quarterback that can push the ball downfield, something that hasn't been seen at Notre Dame, Jeff, for I mean, Deshaun Kaiser, kind of the last one that could do it with consistency. Whatever it's been, it's been a while. That's the last one I'm thinking of. Um, I just like to congratulate you on the uh, Funny Irish Wired, the name of the, of the podcast. It's fantastic. I thought that was very, very generational, outside the box thinking by you. Um, I do what I can. You know, it's I, <laughs> sometimes you're up all night trying to think things, and just I'll throw a D at the end of it, and we'll we'll make it work. It's great. No, I I mean, we we had talked about this before the bowl season, uh, you know, briefly that I think they always knew, regardless of what you think of Tyler Buckner and his potential, um, that something else was going to have to be done just to fortify against. And, and that was a lot of the concerns last year with Buckner was that was the injury thing, because every time we had seen him on the field previously, it seemed like he was getting banged up. So to fortify that quarterback room and give them something that they definitely have it haven't had like you said since Deshaun Kaiser as far as a threat throwing the ball down the field um you know say what you will about Ian Book and Ian Book being a dynamic you know leader of the team and also Jack Cohen just being kind of a steady hand but Sam Hartman by all accounts and by many people's what that would consider themselves college football experts accounts was the number one guy out there at the quarterback position and they got him yeah and that's in watching Wake Forest that's where I'm curious of this. You, you watch Hartman, it's obvious. He can push the ball downfield. Like, that's the first thing that jumps out to you compared to what Notre Dame's offered at quarterback. That's where my mind goes of, okay, well, heck, if he was here this year, then maybe you're telling a different story of Braden Lindsay and some of the speed guys that are on the outside. It wasn't the case. Obviously, you can't go back and change history in that part. But when I look at Hartman, I look at – my big question for it isn't, isn't did Notre Dame get better at quarterback? I think it's no ifs, ands, buts, ors about it. They're clearly better at the position than they were entering it a year ago or halfway through last year, especially when you factor in the Buckner injury, when you have Drew Pine that was clearly limited. I mean, he balled out for what he was physically able to do and all the credit to him for doing so, but that's a low ceiling of what he had. I don't question that things are better in terms of the talent and what the possibilities are. I just look at playing five years in a Wake Forest offense, and I know there's pros, cons to this part of it, but when you run a so much just mesh-based offense, now all of a sudden, hey, here's four years, five years of that, now go run more of a pro-style offense where you are pushing the ball down the field, where you aren't throwing necessarily to just the spot as you are a lot with the kind of the mesh offense that Wake Forest has run and run successfully, I should add. Then you factor in also, and it's okay. Well, you also haven't played with the talent around you that you're going to play around with with Hartman. So it's there's there's concerns, there's excitement on both sides of it for me. Yeah, you. I mean, you have to think at some point in the conversation Notre Dame had with Hartman. You know, as Hartman is doing it to bolster his his NFL stock because well, coming off of 
you know, the way the out of the Wake Forest offense and still maybe considered under undersized by some. I think he's six one. Um, but having to get into an offense that may show against better competition and with better guys with better athletes up front or uh, and also on the outside for him you have to think that that was part of the desire to come to Notre Dame and you have to think from Notre Dame's perspective if they didn't believe that he wasn't capable of running their offense that that wouldn't even be a conversation because this isn't a situation where they're gonna you know have Sam Hartman they're just kind of you know breeze through the year they want to be national title contenders and they want a guy that's going to have a relatively seamless transition into what Tommy Reeves and the offense is trying to do. And, you know, the big part of this, and, you know, you mentioned this off air was that, you know, Wake Forest wasn't really adept running the ball. He's coming to maybe the most dynamic running back room in the nation right now. And unless we hear otherwise, it's going to be estimate Diggs and Tyree. And I think there's a lot of creative things and he may, and Tyree may be the best, whether or not he stays. And I think that's another question altogether. He may be the biggest benefactor of Hartman coming in because that is going to allow them to be really flexible with what they're doing, as well as an inexperienced receiver group that, you know, wasn't able to show everything they could do this year because of how limited they were in the passing game. Yeah. And that's what I look back to of like, I look at, I was happy for Braden Lindsay and how way the bowl game went for him, where I had three of the absolute biggest plays of the game go straight through him because say what you want about him. Did he overachieve in his sophomore year? Did he underachieve the rest of the way, whichever it was like when you have a guy like that, that's built so much on speed and being, being open down the field. When you have a quarterback like Drew Pine, it's not, not exactly a match made in heaven. So it makes things tough with that. So I was happy to see the way his career ended with that, but how much a guy like that, and I think that maybe that's a role that Tyree falls into because of the speed, because of the lack of known commodities at receiver right now. Is the room improving? Certainly is. Recruiting the position better with, with Stucky than, than they've recru- recruited in quite some time there for the position, especially in terms of depth. I mean, they're doing things, getting players out of the state of Texas that they just simply haven't done in 20 years or so. Um, and so there, there's improvement coming at the receiver position, but you're able to use some of these guys, I think, in a better spot right now because of, all right, you don't just have to stack everyone up and can play eight or nine guys eight yards off the ball because you, you, you it's more than just Michael Mayer going against a jump ball and trying to win something down the field. You actually have threats to, to deliver a pass down the field that you don't need a superhuman or a super freak to haul down. You're kind of more run-of-the-mill, average or average to good, far from great receivers are able to make a difference when you have a guy like Hartman. Yeah, it diversifies it diversifies their offense. And and that is and that's only gonna benefit the running game even more. So I think the more diverse they're able to be on offense, it, it benefits everyone around it. It benefits the defense, it benefits the skill position guys, it, it benefits everybody. And I th- I think if they had come in and, and gone, I mean the the big question right now is, you know, where does Buckner stand? Because you look at their quarterback depth chart looking into the future with Carr and with Menchie, with um and with um with Hartman, you know, does Buckner have a spot anymore? I mean, he played very well in the bowl game, uh, made a couple mistakes, but I mean he was a large reason they won the game because he was able to come in and, and be dynamic, both running the ball and passing the ball. Um, so I think that's the big question right now. I have I have more questions about that than I do about Hartman coming in and him coming in and maybe there being some hiccups early on. I think they're gonna get that ironed out early. Uh it's more or less I'm I'm 
curious as to where Buckner fits in everything right now. Yeah, I think that the future of the position is interesting. I mean, you look at the level of talent that's at the position and compare it to what it was just two or three years ago there, where books your starter and really the depth chart until Buckner was added to it, until Buckner was recruited, it was those very low ceiling guys. And not to say that Menchie's on the same level as like a car a year from now, but even Menchie has, I think it's safe to say, comes in with a higher ceiling or a higher pedigree as a recruit than kind of that generation before essentially um, came in at the quarterback position there. Just the talent in the room. And ultimately in the transfer portal world, transfer portal world in the NIL world where, where people are looking to get their hand on a little bit of money and get their hand on playing time, it's understandable, but it does mean that someone's going to be the odd man out. And I do wonder, like, is that Tyler Buckner? Like Buckner, I, it's not like the coaching staff doesn't love him. You, you saw the reactions after that game where Marcus Freeman, God, to get a room with the guy. So you're like, afterwards like it was all the credit to Buckner for coming off of being injured for the three months previous to that game being able to do what he did even though there were mistakes along the way but when you have a four-star five-star kind of on that fringe and CJ Carr coming in next year you already have Steve Angeli as a freshman last year that didn't see didn't get to see the field you add Menchie to that and all of a sudden it becomes a really crowded room someone's not going to end up lasting there and it's in terms of like the ceiling of that, or at least the timing of who's kind of the next guy up, you can't help but think that is Buckner. But then Buckner seems like the kind of guy that wants to compete and try like all hell to, to take a job from a Hartman or compete like all hell to try to take a job from a Hartman and see what see where the world takes him to. So I, I think it's going to be a really crowded room. I think the good news at the end of the day or the best news at the end of the day is I'm always a, a believer that competition – breeds a better team when nothing's given to a guy, whether it's Hartman coming in with his track record and everything. And I think that regardless of who ends up being the transfer out, because I think that's pretty obvious that one of those will be coming. Your quarterback depth is in such a better position than it was just two or three short years ago that it's, it's one of those, maybe it's not a first world college football problem quite yet, but you're right on the fringe of that, of being like, you're, you're in pretty good shape if this is a worry. If this right. Is <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's nice to have that. Cause I feel like it wasn't that long ago that we were like, what's going to happen. We just sat through and, a year watching Drew Pine. Honestly, right. like right. we sat through that. We can sit through and be rewarded with what the future of the positions, at least on paper, seems like it's going to bring. So, I'm going to throw this one out there to you because I I commented that I think one of the it's interesting to think about who are the benefactors of Hartman coming on. Obviously, Notre Dame as a whole, which is a lazy, unthoughtful answer. But, you know, I mentioned that I thought I think a guy like Chris Tyree, who's one of the most versatile offensive pieces now becomes even more weaponized in their offense. Is there a guy that you're looking at with Hartman coming on that you think is really going to take a jump because of Hartman coming in the offense? Well, I look at it, and where I'm most interested is kind of the trickle-down of what happens with Tyree then, because Tyree, Logan Diggs is a solid pass catcher. Hell, mm-hmm. Estime is a better pass catcher than I think he gets credit for. Than we thought, uh, definitely. But Tyree is that burner type of guy, so that helps. I'm really, I don't like to put a lot of pressure on freshmen to come in and be big-time difference makers or put a lot of pressure on them. 
but they just recruited the best running back or at least the highest rated running back that they brought in in quite some time in Jeremiah Love out of St. Louis. And whether it's because of being able to use Tyree different ways to kind of unclog that backfield and Hartman's ability to maybe get him the ball in different ways than a way that Drew Pine would have just this past season. I think it opens up the door for Jeremiah Love to come in. And I'm not saying from week one, but when you're a third of the way, when you're halfway through the season and you kind of get through that first first phase where schedule starts fairly easy. I forget who I mean, openers, Navy, then you have Tennessee State, is it? And Central Michigan, I think your first three weeks, like you got, you got a quarter of the season to kind of start to feel things and get things right before Ohio State comes, before you go to Clemson, before USC comes to town and kind of that feeling out period so that when week six, week seven hits, then you're able to kind of see this thing start to really go full tilt. And I think that's, that's where you're going to see, like, I have some fairly high expectations for love to come in here and. I'm not saying from week one, like I said, but I'm saying from mid-season kind of on to be a huge difference maker in this offense because I think that kind of an indirect way is just that the Hartman addition just makes the running back room by default that much better because you have different ways to kind of weaponize the running back room now too. So that's where I that's where I look in a little bit of different way from the Tyree angle that you have. Yeah. Well, I think that running back running back room is going to be a nice conversation to have in another one of these these uh uh podcast but you know i i just i think hartman is going to be a guy not i mean different than you mentioned kaiser earlier because of his ability but i can't even think of a a comparable as far as a guy with with pro level skills with the amount of experience that he has i mean you could say brady quinn was another i mean it's it's a it's brady quinn rick meyer level type of guy going into their last year that's going to be quarterback in this team. And and even though Ian Book got drafted, let's like he wasn't thought of as highly in the NFL NFL annals as as both Meyer and Quinn were. But from a an experience standpoint, from what he's done already in the college football game, I mean it's going to be very, very odd to have someone like Sam Hartman at quarterback for Notre Dame. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty foreign territory. Like Clawson was a second round pick, Quinn was a first round pick, Meyer was a first round pick. So those parts or those players at least stand out, those stick out. And I guess to kind of answer your question as well, it, it comes down to development. The other name that sticks out to me, I guess there's hell, I guess there's three of them in the receiver room right now that are already on the roster that we've seen. And Part of it comes down to Hartman making it more exciting, but part of it comes down to them just developing as a whole. Like Lorenzo Styles, I thought he took a step back this past year. The drops issue, that, that was unforeseen. I mean, he's the one, the first play, first pass attempt of the season, he's the one that takes it 50 yards and gets in gets in the red zone against Ohio State, and it's like, name the next big play he made the rest of the year. Yeah. It, it didn't, didn't occur. Deion Coles, he showed signs. Uh, Merriweather obviously has touched out against Stanford and then his struggles to get on the field and he was in concussion protocol for part of the year and just seemingly in, in Reese's uh, doghouse there for a bit for whatever reason of just the being a true freshman or whatever that was it, one of them like one of them has to take that step it, it's they're going you know they're going to get the chances to and I have trouble believing that all three are going to be flops in that like one of those is going to kind of 
take the bull by the horns and be the go-to type of guy. And I didn't even mention Jaden Thomas there. Jaden Thomas is the one that I think had the best and most productive year out of any of the young receivers. I don't necessarily think that he's going to be a burner and be a down the field threat and be your huge play guy, but he can kind of be that consistency guy, but you need styles, Colsey or Merriweather. I, I can't tell you which one it's going to be, but one of them is going to skyrocket because of Hartman being there. And I, maybe it doesn't mean good things for the other two, or maybe one of the other two, but one of those three is going to going to be a real household name in, in a short order because of Hartman being able to, to kind of get them the ball and do things differently than what we saw those last couple of years. Do you think, and this is something that went through my head a lot of times when they were trying to force feed the ball to mayor this season, was that because of, I'm, I'm trying to get a, I'm trying to formulate this question the right way because I think Mayer was so good and so talented and so like other other worldly, even though the college football world didn't want to give him a best tight end award because apparently Brock Bowers is that good. Yeah, um, you can line up and play just right a, an absolute, just an absolute joke that was. Um, but do you think that this, in some respects, I think Hartman without Mayer is going to open up the offense even more? Because I felt like so many times last last season, whether it was because of the inexperience of the wide receiver room whether it was because Pine just trusted him that that much. Uh, but Mayer's absence combined with Hartman coming on is going to force each one of these guys to have to be better because I don't think he's going to be a guy that fixates on one target, one guy that he trusts. He's coming in to show he can, he can run a pro offense, and he's going to have to trust everyone in that offense in order to get it done. So I think Mayer being gone, as much as I'd love to have another year of him, and he made obviously the right move to to leave and and you know make his money uh but i just wonder if him being gone might be the thing that catapults these guys as much as hartman coming on well i mean you think about it i know i've i've talked about this a billion times at the nfl level with i'm sure i've at least had a conversation with you about it but when you have that one go-to target does it end up being detrimental at the end of the day like uh, Look at teams help in an NFL level. Look at teams in their best re- with, with the best receivers to win Super Bowls, and tell me who the superstar receiver is, the megastar receiver that's won Super Bowls recently. You go back in recent years, and not to say there aren't great receivers on some really good teams or teams that have even played the Super Bowl, but when you look at actual champions, you're going back to Jerry Rice, going back to Michael Irvin, until you're talking the absolute premier receivers in the league winning world championships or winning Super Bowls. It just it. For whatever reason, like Julio Jones in his prime, okay, they got to a Super Bowl. They didn't end up winning it. You have you all, all they have all the Brady and um, Patriot teams that didn't have elite receivers, and you're talking Julian Edelman's and throwing to backs and throwing to tight ends. But just the, I think there is something to that though. That when you have that one guy that is so relied upon, that if you're not careful that it yeah. is detrimental ultimately to your offense, that it, it forces it to, in a way, take a step back. It's almost like the Bears when Brandon Marshall was their go-to. Okay, well, target him 100 and however many right. times a year and get next to nothing out of everyone else, and okay, he'll get his yardage at the end of a game, and you'll end up four points short like they did time and time again. But I think even in those situations, like you look at recent like Tyree Kill and the Chiefs, well, they had Kelsey too. 
There's mm-hmm. always multiple guys. The superstar quarterbacks, when they win a Super Bowl, there's always multiple guys that they throw to enough where it builds up trust. You know, the old Cowboys teams, they had Novacek, who was always a big pain yeah. in the butt. And Michael Irvin, Alvin Harper, they, and John Taylor with Jerry Rice. It wasn't just – it's never just one guy. But I felt like last year at so many times it was one guy, and that really limited the offense. So I think a guy coming in here that can actually get the ball downfield, throw it to multiple guys, not fixate on one guy, because – it, it, I, and I don't want to put that all on Pine, too, because we're not in the room and we don't know what's actually being you know, fed to him or like, oh, hey, throw it to Mayer or designing designing plays specifically for Mayer because we don't trust the receivers. But I just think that, that a guy like Hartman is going to come in and bolster that room, both on the field and also mentally. I think there's going to be some confidence built in because there's a guy that's going to throw them the ball. So for you, I mean, real quick here to kind of wrap things up, the Hartman addition, I yeah, you can't help but be excited about it. You, you, we mentioned the going back to Kaiser. Heck, it might be all the way back to Brady Quinn or before that, even that you have this kind of pedigree going into a season at quarterback in Notre Dame. What does it mean for the expectations? Like, is it fair to look at this team that's coming off of a nine and four mark and say that with this addition, with the development at receiver that you assume is coming, sure, there's a step back at tight end but then you have an offensive line that should be amongst the best in the country, a running back room that is as deep as any in the country. I mean, we haven't even looked on the other side of the ball and we can do that at some point, but is it fair to be anything short of a college football playoff appearance, barring major injuries is, is that too strong? I I think (laughs) the flaws that you saw. Yeah. But I have trouble not getting myself really damn excited at the same time. Yeah, it's kind of like – it's. I feel like going into the last season, I had more, many more questions about the offense than the defense. And now I feel like it's the reverse. So until we get a better sense of what's going to happen on the defensive side of the ball, I don't want to get there yet. But we should be in a position as a – I shouldn't say we. Hold on a second. Notre Dame should be in a position as a – as a team that every year it should be a conversation. That's what, that's what we're getting. That's what they should be getting to is every year. It's a conversation. I think this has a chance to be the best offense that I can remember at Notre Dame. I, I can't, and I'll, I, I'm putting some notes together for a running back piece and hopefully, cause I'm just that excited about the running back room. If it stays the way it is and the offensive line coming back, obviously minus Patterson, but you've got Alt, who's already an all American and he's got another year left. Uh, I just think this is going to be the best offense that they've had. And that's regardless, that's independent of the the unknowns at receiver right now. Because Caleb Smith coming in from Vatech is is big. But I just think having the, you got guys at the recruiting level that they get, that they have in the receiver room right now, they're going to have a quarterback that's going to be able to help them get to the points they should. So national championship, let's talk about the defense another day first. But best offense they've had in a while, I think, I think the running, I think the running game is going to explode even more because of Hartman's presence. Yeah, I'm with you on that part of it. Um, it that's can't help but get excited, Hartman. You're getting a, you, heck, you're getting the most accomplished quarterback in the history of the ACC. One of the two. I mean, you look at it, nobody's thrown more touchdown passes in the history of the conference. He's thrown for the second most yards, short of a guy named Philip Rivers. So, I guess that means 15 years from now he'll be uh, Hart. Sam Hartman will be the guy that they try to bring in for a year to save the Colts as they still try to figure out their quarterback issue. But no, <laughs> excitement all around the board. I think is the is the easy way to kind of answer the Sam Hartman thing. And I'm with you. I think that it sets up great for what we'll talk about on our next episode. And that's exactly the the depths of this offense and just 
How much is on Tommy Reese and how much excitement comes with it? He's Jeff Fair. I'm Nick Shepkowski. You've been listening to Fighting Irish Wired, part of the Fighting Irish Wire podcast.